When aspects of a complex case exceed your personal expertise, you bring in a co-counsel to add the specific insight your firm needs for next-level results. Marketing in the legal industry requires complex strategy and insight far beyond anything you learn in law school. Want more for your law firm? Time to bring in a marketing co-counsel. Welcome to CounselCast. I'm your host, Karen Conroy, your marketing co-counsel. In every episode, I discuss marketing topics with experts who answer your questions and help your firm get more. Here's today's guest. Hi, it's Allie Katz of New Law Business Model, and I'm so happy to be here with you today, Karen, talking about really why the traditional law practice model is so broken and and what we can do about it no matter what practice area you're in right now. And I came to this over really the past 20 years when, you know, starting out as a lawyer at one of the best law firms in the country, Munger, Tolls, and Olson, and I was a new mom at the same time and very quickly realizing that even though I had done it, I won the game. I wasn't actually going to be able to be the mom that I wanted to be to my children and have the kind of life that I wanted to have for myself or even be able to serve my clients the way that I wanted to in the traditional practice model of working for a big law firm. So I went out on my own uh, after just three years to start my own law practice. And I knew, or at least I believed at the time, that you know success would look like having a million dollar a year law firm. And so I just you know went for that and in just three years was able to create that. But what I needed to do in order to create that is actually invent a new law business model. Well, that is so awesome. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, I, I know that we have crossed paths in so many different ways and different avenues. And so I know we have lots to talk to talk about. And I, I love this idea of it being broken because I really think that not only the legal industry, but also for women specifically, that it has really been broken. And so we've been, not we, I don't have a law degree, I have an MBA, but women in a lot of industries have been forced to kind of shoehorn their lives into that broken model instead of reconsidering how it could be better and what could be different. And then also in light of this pandemic, I think a lot of people have been taking a step back and reconsidering what they want their lives to look like. So I think this is going to be a great conversation. And so tell me about, first of all, how, how is it broken and how is it broken for you? So the the main way that it's broken is that the way that we've been taught to structure our fees and what we're offering to our clients is ultimately not putting us on the same side of the table as our clients. So we all already know the billable model is broken. That's kind of old news, right? We yeah. know the billable model is broken. And so then we think, okay, well, then the solution is flat fees. Right. But here's the problem. When you go into flat fees and you have the mindset of a lawyer who doesn't actually understand the way that business works, what's going to happen is you're going to put in place too low of flat fees and you're not going to be able to deliver on a truly meaningful service, especially when you think that you're competing with the online legal document companies. So if you think that you're competing with LegalZoom or trustandwill.com or you know the self-service immigration, family law, bankruptcy, right? They're all going to be coming online in the next several years because the reality is that robots, robotics, AI will eclipse us for 
documents. And we have been conditioned to believe that as lawyers, what we do is we review documents, we sell documents, we produce documents. And what I want you know for you to all know is that you've got to get out of that mindset. That's where the break is. That's where things are truly broken. You are not a document drafter or a document provider. Let's leave that to the bots once and for all. In fact, let's leverage technology to the greatest possible extent that we can in our own practices so that we can be as efficient as possible. And then let's recognize who and remember who we really are. We are lawyers. We went to law school. There's only actually 1.3 million of us in the United States. Having a law degree is still something very special. You went to law school, you passed the bar. That already puts you in this rare class of people that has a significant amount of intelligence. And while you might think that lawyers have a bad name, you actually, by how you show up in the world, have the opportunity to see that actually everybody wants a great lawyer on their side. And you can be that great lawyer. But in order to do that, you cannot charge too low of flat fees. You cannot be in the business of escalating conflict so that you can charge more hours. You have to shift how you're charging and what you are offering so that you can create a business model that works for your life, that works for your practice, and ultimately that works for your clients. That is so fantastic. Yeah. when, when, When you do that, you never have to worry about money again. You never have to worry about not having enough time again. So if you're in that mindset of, I don't have enough money, well, you just don't have the right business model. I don't have enough time. You just don't have the right business model and you can change it. You can change it and have a great life and love your law practice too. I love the idea that of the robot competing with robots and the thought that, and I hear this a lot from especially younger lawyers who are trying to kind of figure out their place and position their firm when they're getting started. Or maybe there are people, there's a lot of people, especially in the last year or so that are going out on their own and they may have a certain experience as a lawyer, but they haven't figured out how to set up a business. And so they're starting out thinking, okay, I need to take anything. I need to take any kind of case and how can I compete with LegalZoom? And so what I love about what you're saying is that the mindset shift is that you're not competing with LegalZoom and you can't bring yourself down to that level. No, in fact, you're not going to use LegalZoom. You'd use a better service. LegalZoom just isn't the best when it comes to technology and, and, and documents and what needs to be provided, in my opinion. But you, you will use, you will use services like Rocket Lawyer, like UpCounsel, like, I don't know about trustandwill.com, but certainly an online legal document provider. You will use these services to create the documents. Right. Because you've got to be as efficient as possible in the creation of the documents yourself. What you are providing is not the documents. The documents are the byproduct of what you provide. What you're providing is the strategy, the support, the handholding, the guidance, the supporting people to be clear on the outcome that that they want. And then how do they get there as efficiently, effectively, and affordably as possible? And then how much do they want you to do? How much do they want to do themselves? And when you are able to package this into an offering that is not for anybody, it's for a very specific somebody. I mean, that's the other thing that I see so many lawyers. It's, you know, this this scarcity 
mentality and mindset that runs deep through our profession has to change. And I get it. I was there for a long time myself. And from that place, I did think I had to take whatever walked in the door. Right. For me, it was always estate planning and business focused, but I thought that like I needed to, you know, focus on the whole thing, trusts, estates, you know, probate, business. But then nobody knew who I was really for. Right. And it wasn't until and this is back in the day, and we, you know, we've broadened since then. But in in the early days, the biggest game changer for me was when I said, "Okay, I'm just going to focus my marketing." on serving families with young children. Now, back in the day, Karen, I don't know if, if, if you if you remember, you know, this I do. Back, but <laughs> nobody was serving families with young children. In fact, everybody I spoke to at the time, business coaches, marketers, everybody, they said, Alexis, you're gonna starve. Right. You can't serve families with young children. They don't want to think about estate planning. They're not willing to pay for estate planning. They're too far away from death. Don't do that. You're it's a mistake. And I was like I think they might be wrong. I think this is actually an underserved market and I'm going to go for it and I'm going to create an entire service that is focused on families with young children. And that's how I built my practice to a million dollars a year in revenue because every family with young children in my community wanted to work with my firm as like the symbol of their status. We have a plan from Martin Neely and Associates. And by the way, then they brought their high net worth parents. And then by the way, many of them were business owners, you know, so they still got the full gamut. And there's just a reality of my one little firm at max could serve about 150 families Yeah, a year. You know? So earlier you mentioned talking about doing a meaningful service. And so that it's not necessarily doing the flat fees. It's not necessarily doing these other things and bringing your service down to the level of trying to compete with an AI, but offering this meaningful service. So yeah. how would you package that up? And I think what you were talking about a minute ago is kind of leading down that path where you really kind of find that narrow batch of clients that are going to be the right little group that you serve. But what does that meaningful service kind of mean for you and how you've kind of developed your your firm and your success? Yeah. So it does have to start with really knowing your audience and who you're going to focus on and what they really need. So when we started with the families with young children, you know, because I was a mom with young children, I was able to create the service that I wanted and that I would have wanted from my legal advisor and that I couldn't find out there. That has then branched into serving business owners, right? So today, new law business model trains lawyers on the service offerings that I created for families with young children, elder law services. So, you know, the whole estate planning world and then also business serving business owners, because as a business owner myself, I realized, whoa, there's no advisor out there that is able to offer me the kind of service I really need. This true strategic advisor looking at my entire legal insurance, financial and tax system, looking at my whole team and do I even have the right advisors on my team? And, And so I created these services based on what I personally needed. So that's one way to do it, is you decide based on your own personal experience. Who do you have affinity with? I love families. I love business. It just made sense for me to go in that direction. 
And, and, and so one of the things that I just love about being a lawyer and about being able to tailor my service for a specific audience is I get to start by looking at who do I want to spend my time with? Yeah. Where do, where do my own personal life experiences show me the extent of the problem, right? So maybe I had a parent who went through bankruptcy Mm-hmm. And didn't get good support through that process. And then on the other side, didn't have a fresh start that helped them to step into a new reality, but it like somehow ruined their life for the rest of their lives. And as a child, I experienced that. Well, it might make sense for you to deliver a new way to serve clients who are in bankruptcy to help them have an amazing life on the other side of it. Or you might have had um, in, in your you know childhood growing up or in your own divorce process, Maybe you saw how God awful divorce is and, and yeah. how God awful it is for lawyers to be paid based on escalating conflict yeah. instead of bringing families closer together. And you want to create a new service that is focused on, you know, yes, I'm going to do divorce, but my divorces aren't going to be about going to court and escalating conflict. My divorces are going to be about making families better through the divorce process. You can ch- literally change, but again, another thing I love about being a lawyer, the way we help clients through their problems, that's what we do. We help clients through problems. And the way we help our clients through their problems, proactively instead of reactively, relationally instead of transactionally or conflict escalation, you know, litigation can change people's lives. Yeah. And I, what I love about that too is that it also just aligns every part of your business. So including the marketing and the branding, because as soon as you have that story to tell where this is the foundation of my firm, this is what where the heart of everything that I care about is, then all of a sudden your approach is defined, your messaging is defined, and then all the pieces fall into place. If you're trying to be everything to everyone, you have no one single message. No one knows exactly what you're talking about. And I mean, I've, I've worked with these clients over the years where I, I had a client recently whose dad passed away because of a medical malpractice issue. And so he became a medical malpractice attorney. And that's the guy you want to hire because yes. he cares to his core about this justice issue and he understands it completely too. And so t- when you look for that, particular person who is going to address your issue, you don't want the guy who also does personal injury and the guy who does this and the guy who does that. And then maybe one time he did a case like that. So let me give it a shot. You want someone who cares about it down to the core. And when they have that story, then like I said, all the pieces in the branding and the messaging, it all falls in line. And then it reaches your your potential clients in that way too. So it just makes, it makes everything so much easier. And I'll, and I'll add this, which is that once, once you are working with a client, no matter what your front door is, whether that's divorce or bankruptcy or estate planning or business or medical malpractice, whatever your front door is, the reality is, is that your clients typically, if you treat them really well, and if your service is systematized and efficient, communicative, like they have a great experience with you, they're going to actually want you to do all of their legal work. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Be that generalist that's like going to be there for all the things. And it's going to be actually up to you to have really good, clear boundaries to be able to say, you know, actually, I don't do estate planning or I don't do divorce. All right. 
but let me connect you with this other lawyer that I deeply trust and have them work on that matter with you. And if you're, for example, a business lawyer or an estate planning lawyer and you have built a trusted advisor-based practice, you actually can hold that relationship over that client's lifetime while they're going to need other types of lawyers. You get to be their consigliere. You get to be their outsourced general counsel for their life or business. We call it a personal family lawyer and get paid throughout their lifetime on this recurring revenue model, not where they're paying you like $97 a month, which is actually not enough for you to deliver on anything truly meaningful, but really have these ongoing recurring revenue services packaged in a way where the outcomes that you are delivering because you are that trusted advisor are so worth it to your clients that they are happy to pay you. My vision for the ultimate, ultimate legal practice down the road is that our lawyers eventually get to what we call a closed practice where they don't have to market anymore. Marketing is the lifeblood in the beginning, but imagine a future in which your practice is actually closed to new clients because you are earning so much recurring revenue from your existing client base, which could be 100 clients, could be 200, could be 300. That's kind of the max that I see with a one person, one lawyer firm. And that your practice is now closed. You're not having to do the marketing. To the extent that you do marketing, it's because you love to be an educator. You love to educate, but you don't have to do it. And of course, you'll take on new clients by referral only from your existing client base. But now what you've created is a saleable asset. Your law practice is now saleable and succession is critically important because those, let's call it 300 families or businesses that are like depending on you. Well, if you die, they need to go to somebody else because you've been taking care of them. So that's my ultimate, ultimate vision for the new law business model. We're still, we're still a ways away from the execution and implementation of that, but it is what we are trajectorying towards. You know, what's crazy about that, that it, that it does seem like, you know, at this point, that seems like such a, an amazing and revolutionary idea. But for someone like me who has an MBA and who I have friends and, and classmates who, you know, I graduated a little more than 10 years ago and they've done startups, they've sold their startups, they've, they have these, and it's not even like what happens if you die. It's let's make a succession plan because I don't want to do this forever. I'd like to retire at X age. Because that's my goal. And I, I don't feel like there's a lot of that kind of consideration in the legal industry for, okay, I'm not going to be around forever. And it's not just like a death plan. It's this is a business. Yeah. And this is my life. And at some point, I don't want to be in the office when I'm 85. And, you know, maybe my clients are great and everything, but let's go to lunch instead of me having to work and show up, you know? So. Yeah. It's not that far-fetched of an idea in other industries. And so I, I think there's a point where the legal industry has kind of got to catch up on that kind of idea that you are building a business, you should have a plan, you should ideally like to you know make it saleable. And in that way, it becomes better for your clients as well. Because then all of a sudden, you're thinking of different ways to serve them. You're providing different and innovative ideas. And it just becomes you know a better experience for, for both people. So you get to be their lawyer for life. You get right. to be their lawyer for life and be providing continuous value. And 
you know, in my opinion, like remember why you went to law school. This thing for many of us, this is why we went to law school because we want to help people make mm-hmm. a difference in their lives. We like to be in control and get to be the smart person in the room, really serving and helping our clients. So, yeah. So. Well, I was going to ask you, what do you see for the future? But I feel like you've covered that. But do you know, are there examples out there where you see kind of these ideas bubbling up and where you've kind of seen examples of, of this kind of a lawyer or this kind of a model starting to surface? I mean, it is what we're doing at New Law Business Model. So today we have over 300 lawyers across the United States that are trained in our systems, our methodologies. They're using our licensed resources in their communities to be this kind of a lawyer. And so, yeah, we are definitely seeing it in the in the world of estate planning and business planning, you know, with our with our personal family lawyer members and, you know, continuing to innovate on it. One of my, I would say, like greatest success stories with it before really we even had the model fully fleshed out is a lawyer named Robert Galliano. He'd been following my emails for a long time in practice for 25 years. He's like, and this was quite some time ago when I was a lot younger and a lot less experienced. And he said, oh, this, you know, young upstart woman, she's never going to be able to help me learn something new, but decided to open one of my emails because he was about to actually leave the practice of law. And because he couldn't have the life he wanted and he was getting towards this retirement age. And so he did become a personal family lawyer and learn even just what I knew at that time. And this was a long time ago. He ended up selling his law practice for a million dollars after just a few years of working with us, changing his model completely. So he was no longer offering like $500 wills, $1,000 bankruptcy. And he went all in serving families in the way that we teach, increased his fees significantly, but still was able to be the most affordable solution for his clients, put in place our systems. And, you know, today he has choice about whether he goes into the office. He actually still does because he loves to. Sure. Um, but his wife, you know, before COVID was traveling the world because she wanted to. And most importantly, he knew that his clients, you know, he knows that his clients will be taken care of after he's gone. And he's not doing it because he's not doing any of it because he has to. Yeah. You know, he's doing it because he loves it. And he's figured that figured that out because he built a business and he's truly serving his clients in a meaningful way. Well, and it feels different when, like you said, it's not something you have to do, but they've made a plan. He's reached those goals and now he gets to, he has a choice. And so like everything in life, if you don't have a choice, it feels a lot different than if it's your, if if it's your you know own choice and it's something that you're deciding to do because it makes you happy. So we're getting to the part where I ask you about a book and I have, I'm an avid reader. I read about a hundred books a year. And so I always ask everyone either what you're reading or if there's a recommendation for a book that relates to all of this great stuff. Great. Well, I'll give you one of each. So the one that relates to all of this great stuff is my book. It's called The New Law Business Model. Perfect. (laughs) And yeah, you could get it on Amazon. It's called New Law Business Model. And I think if you go to our website, newlawbusinessmodel.com, and there, there may be a place there for you to either get a chapter or something like that. So you could check it out. We'll link um, to it at the bottom of the show. Fantastic. Great. And then the book that I'm reading right now, it's an important one. It's a little heavy, but really, really, really important. It's called Recapture the Rapture with Jamie Whale by Jamie Whale and W-H-E-A-L. And it speaks to really some of the most important issues of our time. 
that, and it helps us, I believe, to make sense of what is going on with these competing conspiracy theories and what's real, what's not real. And, and Jamie really lays out just some critically important things that we need to be thinking about and looking at, especially as lawyers at this time. And so I encourage you to pick it up, recapture the rapture and dive in. And that sounds fascinating. I, I love, I haven't heard of that. And I love it when I haven't heard of something, but there is some serious social issues happening and they they're not going away. It's not just like these little blips and it just keeps rehappening and rehappening. And it's like every morning we all wake up and look at our phones and it, we all kind of cringe waiting to see what the next thing is going to be. Yeah. So I love reading a lot of the ideas behind how this is coming, where, where the flow is coming from and how we can address it and, you know, apply these ideas to our lives. Well, Ellie, thank you so much. I, this was so valuable. We will definitely link to your book, the book that you, you mentioned and your thank website for all of the resources that you mentioned. I know that the new law business model, it's obviously just in its name is kind of future thinking, but it really is setting the pace for where business models are coming into the law firm industry. And, you know, I, for one, think it's well overdue. And so I'm excited to see people apply some of these ideas. Thanks again for being here. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CouncilCast podcast. I know that by implementing what you heard today, your law firm will achieve more. Be sure to visit the website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on the episode. If you enjoyed the episode, I would appreciate it if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.